Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast on Radio MD iHeart or wherever you download us from. Thank you very much for doing that. This is 1127B. And I can tell you, we have a wonderful guest today. I've listened to a couple of his YouTube videos, and they're fun to listen to as well. Um, so, Carrie Forrestal wrote a book called Crushing Cancer, A Patient's Complete Guide to Managing a Cancer Diagnosis. Not because he's a cancer doc, not because he's had cancer, but because he's witnessed what has happened when patients get that diagnosis and wants to help them. We, as usual, are brought to you by Life's First Naturals, lifesfirstnaturals.com. You can go there and find out the randomized controlled trials and the situations in which both their probiotic, called True Biotics, and their bovine colostrum two things I take every day. They're both in colostrum. If you take a baby aspirin or you even take any non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, you ought to talk to your practitioner about taking bovine colostrum. It prevents the leaky gut and the gut damage that the non-steroidals cause in randomized controlled trials. You'll want to see that those data. You can go to lifesfirstnaturals.com. When I asked Carrie Forrestal, our guest, on talking about the book Crushing Cancer, A Patient's Complete Guide to Managing a Cancer Diagnosis, um, what the website was, he said it was warriorstance.com. Since I didn't know about warriorstance.com, I thought I'd find out from Carrie why that was the website and we'll find out a little more about his, what I saw on YouTube, great sense of humor. Kerry, why is it at warriorstance.com? Well, it, it's a heck of a way to start off a, a interview to say I, I'm not 100% sure. I think it may have been something that somebody said to me at one point, one of my cancer patients. If I recall him correctly, he's somebody, he, this guy was fearless. He had all of his surgeries tattooed on his back. So, you know, here was somebody who had no fear of reminding himself about it. He was like, on. Electronic medical record on the back so others could see it, but he couldn't. Yeah, it was, it was very handy. Was, oh, yeah, you got this one, too. So, yeah, no, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, we use the warrior stance. It's really a two-part project. There was the book that I wrote, but warrior stance is more about collecting cancer patients' stories as they unfold to create a narrative so that people have a book that they can identify more with, like breast cancer. We'll collect five breast cancer stories, and we'll write a book about how breast cancer is specifically treated. Um, we'll do prostate cancer. We'll do lung. We'll do colon. And we will collect the stories at Warrior Stance for all of these things and turn them into kind of specific guides where the original book that I wrote, Crushing Cancer, is more of the general, you know, this is how you approach cancer. And we do more than just the... Uh, you know, this is cancer. This is why cells are growing out of control. These are the things that you may get tested for and all like that. We talk about finance and your workplace, how to protect yourself and what your obligations are, 
legal things and spiritual things. And I'm sure we'll get into all of that. So I won't go off too far on that. But so Warrior Stance is a place to collect the stories of cancer patients to create a resource for the next generation of cancer patients. Unfortunately, there's nearly 2 million cancer patients newly diagnosed every year in the United States. Now, you're an emergency room physician. I am. So one of the stories you tell is of patients coming into the emergency room for X, that is, they have a pain in their shoulder or in their back, and you find a, um, when you do the initial imaging or x-rays or exam uh, or laboratory tests, you find something that leads you to the diagnosis of cancer and have to tell the patient this is cancer. And you really, as I understand it, wrote this book. So instead of just saying uh, good luck or best of hope with this, you actually can give them some messages of what to do. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And first, let me say uh, thank you for still talking with me, even though you know I'm an ER doctor, so that's great. Um, but also, uh, yeah, we, we do that a lot of yeah, we're the disreputable ones in the hospital. They keep us downstairs, don't let us in the rest of the hospital. But um, no, seriously though, the we do find a lot of it. People come in, they get the chest X-ray. There's the lesion, or you know, they think they've they've hurt their leg, and there's a big sarcoma on it. And it has been frustrating over the years. I, I started in emergency medicine as a medic back in 1979, went to medical school in 1997. Um, and over the years, you know, it's just been so frustrating to see somebody with such a terrific challenge and, you know, not be able to do more for them. You know, you say, you've got this terrible problem and I hope it works out well for you. And you point them in the right direction. You know, you get them a follow-up with an oncologist as best you can, or hopefully be able to admit them to the hospital to do this inpatient. You know, but the other thing that we see a lot of is is where the care goes wrong, you know, where people are confronted with a fever at 3 a.m. and they don't know what to do. They're not medically trained for the most part. Um, so there's a lot of places where we see things could have been better for the patient, have gotten a better outcome if they had better information at their hands. In the, and, and that even goes for the financial part of it, too, because, you know, uh, 3% of everybody who gets diagnosed is going to go bankrupt. And that's not including the people who become what they call financially toxic, where, you know, you can't afford your medicines and you can't afford the gas to get in the car to go to the appointment. That affects outcomes, and that's researched. You know, the last thing I tell people, you know, is cancer runs very, very strongly in my family. My father, my mother, my grandmother, my grandfather, um, everybody's, you know, they've, they've all had cancer. So, you know, it, it's of, of significant interest to me, even though I've not been a cancer patient myself, not would. Now, one of the things I love um, from your video was uh, your sense of humor. Um, and so there is humor in this book as well. And I'm going to come back to that in a second. But I, I think my favorite comment on watching you on YouTube was someone said, where can I learn more about you? And you said, well, there's a monument and a library planned. <laughs> they aren't built yet. And so um, the, uh, the point that I want you to bring up is you have what, what you would call, um, I guess these are little cards in the middle of the book. Um, like, uh, you'll be fine. This is the best type of cancer to get. This is dumb things people say to you and that you should roll with. Tell me how you got those. I, I actually, I went out on, um, I think it was Reddit 
uh, might have been read it in Facebook. We talked to a, a lot of cancer patients uh, to create this book, um, really hundreds of them. You know, I said, what was the dumbest thing anybody ever said to you? And, you know, it's uh, it, it's difficult for people when they're presented uh, with, you know, I, you have cancer. You immediately want to react to do something. You, you know, you're trying to make them feel better. Like that one comment you said, oh, that's the good kind of cancer. Uh, there's no good kind of cancer, but I get what people are trying to say. Um, so people have said some truly, truly terrible things, and not maliciously, but just because you don't know what else to say. And the best advice I can give you, the thing that you say when you don't know what to say, is just that. I, I honest to God, don't know what to say right now, but please know that we're here for you, is the best thing that you can probably say, you know, is is don't try, don't try to do something that you're not mentally prepared to do. Don't, you know, you, you may not have the right words, but just saying that is sometimes the best thing you can say is, I don't know what to say to you right now, but we love you and we're here for you. So that's the best thing. Yeah, you can and one of the great things in your book is this managing the financial impact of cancer. And you talk about the appeals process, which is such an important thing since in many cases, um, people don't know what their rights are and that um, there is a, about 40% of decisions against you get overturned. So managing, it's a wonderful chapter, managing the financial impact of, of cancer and even how to prepare for it in advance. This is kind of like a, a book that, that I think everyone should have and read even before um, they or a family member or anyone they know gets cancer. It's also a great book maybe to give the patient who develops cancer as a gift. Um, so maybe what they should say when uh, they find don't know what to say is, look, I know a book that um, I learned was a great uh, resource for people with cancer. I'm going to get it for you. Um, maybe that should be uh, what they say. Of course, they can go to Amazon. It's called Crushing Cancer, or they can go to warriorstance.com. Um, Carrie, what was the most surprising thing you learned during your research for this book? And, and I should say, you did a lot of research for this book. So tell us, one, how you did the research for this book, and two, um, what's the most... I, and and there may be many, but what's the most surprising thing you learned? I would say, and I want to touch back on the finance thing in just a second, but the most amazing thing to me is how incredible the patients are, how resilient they are, how often they, you know, I never thought I could, I could face this and how often they do. They are an inspiration. You know, the more I talk with them, the more I'm like, how, how on earth are you like, how are you being so wonderful, you know, when you've got this terrific thing? And I, I don't want to go into the whole toxic positivity thing where, you know, you've got to buck up and, and show a happy face to the, the world. If you don't, if you don't feel like being happy, then don't, don't feel that you have to be obliged to be happy. But the cancer patients are incredible. They're resourceful. They're funny. You know, I think they were the ones that taught me it's okay to have a sense of humor here. And, and honestly, you need one. To get through laughter can lift a burden every time 
Um, to go back just a little bit to what you were saying about the book, um, we're working right now, and this is something that, that your listeners can help with, call your local library and ask for the book. That will get them to look at it and maybe list it on, put it on their shelves so that the next guy that comes along can get it for free. If it could get into every library in America, that would be wonderful. And that would mean that every library in America has a copy of it for their patient, for patients, you know, in their hometown. Um, but yeah, finance, you got to start hour one, day one, we say, because like I said, it, it snowballs. And there's a lot of really you know, terrific ideas there about how to manage the finances of it stay well ahead. Uh, the other thing um, most people don't know about that are, you know, given your audience size that they should is the 211 system. Have you ever heard of that? Tell us what the 211 system is. Okay. So if you have a need, let's say the example I used was, let's say I'm a guy who's undergoing cancer care and I can't pay my electric bill, right? I call 211 and it localizes to your zip code. So if I call from wherever uh, my zip code is and I say, you know, uh, here's my thing, uh, I need to pay my electric bill, they will have the resources localized to your area code of who can help you out. Now, I work in the ER, so I know what our resources are. So I, I called them up and I said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm doing research for a book. If I had cancer, I couldn't pay my bill. They told me the five guys that I know can help me with my electric bill because, you know, we also have case managers in the ER and we know these guys. So they nailed it. And then I said, okay, well, I'm a vet as well. I served with the 106th up in New York. And they said, okay, then you also get this and this. And they were spot on the money. And they will do this anywhere in the United States, uh, not just for cancer care either. So it's like I said, if you have other things, you're a dialysis patient, you have whatever need, you call 211 and these guys can help out. And it's the best kept secret in the United States. It re they're wonderful. They truly are wonderful. So that's 211 in any area code. The other thing I like to always remind uh, people about is the crisis hotline of the suicide hotline 988. Um, yep. As many people don't know that. Um, turns out when... Uh, the quiz went out, what does 988 stand for? 80% um, of Americans missed what it stood for. So 211 and 988 are important. And so I think the biggest surprise um, that I took from the book was uh, the resilience of patients and also the, the fun of the book, the humor that was put in the book. But before we let you go, I gotta. I want to bring out how much work you did to develop this book. Tell us how you did this, Carrie. And we're talking to Carrie Forrestal, F O R R E S T A L, the author of Crushing Cancer: A Patient's Complete Guide to Managing a Cancer Diagnosis. It's published by Storyteller Books, and uh, I, I've got to tell you, it is a wonderful, wonderful book even to give as a gift um, to someone who doesn't have cancer. I don't know how you do that other than to say, um, I think you should prepare for cancer, <laughs> even if you don't have it, but someone you know will, and this is a wonderful resource to have. Um, it, it really is a wonderful resource. So tell us how, how you did the work for it. So it started with the idea generated from the emergency department, the frustrations of 
of not being able to do more to help. And I established a journaling website and, you know, talked with the patients there and started to get educated. And they'd ask questions. And if I didn't know, uh, you know, we, we'd figure it out. And over time, we weren't able to get enough, so enough patients to really put together the book. But for five years, we were talking with the patients, what do you need, what's, you know, those sorts of things. And I would talk with different experts, uh, friends of mine um, who had knowledge bases. So it was kind of a slow burn at first. Then a friend of mine, an author who's been on New York Times bestseller for fantasy and science fiction, Elizabeth Hayden, started to lean on me and say, you need to get the word out more. And to do that, you need to write a book. Um, and I resisted that idea initially because I don't think my voice is the important voice here. I think the patient's voice is the only one that really matters. But, you know, she slowly, if you ever meet Elizabeth Hayden, you'll know it's, it's kind of hard to say no to her after a while. And so over a year, maybe a little bit more, maybe 14 months, um, just between ER shifts and on days off, um, you know, they, they say the magic hour is 4 a.m. If you're up doing something at 4 a.m. And, and, you know, I get up in the morning and, and you know, 4 a.m., 3 a.m., start writing. And I did that for about a year to 14 months. And I talked to all the experts I can get my hands on, you know, uh, friends who were oncologists and neurosurgeons and general surgeons and anesthesiologists, but also accountants and people who are experts in personal finance. Uh, I had a wonderful conversation with the coastal hospice guys um, in, here in Salisbury. They were, they were tremendous, um, you know, and just, just really picked the brains of anybody who would talk to me. Uh, over you know the the year or more actually in the five years preceding it, uh, plus tons and tons of research. I have a full library now of cancer books, everything from Gilda Radner's amazing book. Uh, it's always something to. I just picked up actually. I'm still doing research right now. Uh, a gentleman, Dr. Devita, who did the death of cancer, you know, and everything in between. Yeah, Vin everything from Vince, Vince Devita. I think that's probably Vince Devita from Yale. Yeah, was it is. the head of NCI. Yep. Yeah wonderful human being. He writes a terrific book. I'm into the third chapter and it's, it's a great read. It's called the death of cancer. Uh, and, and truly a, uh, I, I'm, you know, it, there's not a lot of cancer books you can say you enjoy. They can inspire you and they can move you. Gilda Radner's book, Mr. Scott's book, uh, even when breath becomes air, these are all very moving. Um, but I mean, he writes with such a, a flair that it really is. This is a hopeful cancer book. This is you know, I know everybody says cancer is tough, but we're we're going to beat this. And it's a very hopeful, forward-thinking book that I wish I had read at the beginning of what I was doing, as opposed to you know now when I'm just reading because I have an interest in it. So yeah, doctor, if doctor, if you know Doctor Devita, tell him thank you from me. Um, I do know him. He's a good guy and uh, has been on the program as well on the podcast. Um, give him the book. So <laughs> give, give him a copy. I of the book. will do so. Um, this has been 1127B of You, the Owner's Manual podcast on Radio MD and iHeart. And we have great guests on the B segments, as Carrie Forrestal is, the author, as you probably know he is, Crushing Cancer, A Patient's Complete Guide to Managing a Cancer Diagnosis. It's on Amazon. And... Um, you can find out more about the book at Warrior Stance, Warrior Stance, S-T-A-N-C-E, dot com. This has been, again, You, the Owner's Manual. I'm Dr. Mike Royzen, the host, and we are brought to you by Life's First Naturals, the makers of True Biotics and 
also of bovine colostrum. I take them both. You can find out what I take and how, why I take it and what other things I and others recommend to stay young and live younger longer on the Reboot Your Age app that's available at the Apple uh, App Store or Google Play as well as go to greatageReboot.com. You can send us um, nominations or subjects you want us to cover on the podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Dr. Forstall, thank you very much for writing such a wonderful and inspiring book and a helpful book. Um, And Caitlin, thank you for engineering. But most of all, thank you, the listeners and downloaders, for downloading us. Do download us weekly. Do tell your friends about us. 50,000 of you can't be wrong weekly. So thank you and keep doing it and we will keep doing it.